I got so excited about everything. I let my ego rise. That soul was totally overpowered by the power and the applause. Through conversation, we can learn to ask new questions and receive insight from how people have uniquely crafted their life. Our goal in you listening to these episodes is that you find strategies, tools, and explore a life well-lived for you. Our team here at MG Method works really hard to make these conversations happen. A way that you can contribute to the group is to review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. It helps us continue these conversations. So if you hear something today that moves you in any way, shape, or form, please feel free to share on social or send it to one of your friends and family that you love and you want to grow with. One of the first brands when I started to look into non-toxic, clean skincare and beauty was Osea. Osea is like an OG brand. Um, it's a female founded, female ran company that has started as also a family company. I actually had a chance to go and model for them um, as talent. And I just really knew in my heart that this is a group of people that really care about who we are and how we live and what the consequences of our choices are. You do not get better ingredients than Osea. Every package when it arrives is just beautiful. It's immaculate. It's like this matte glass. They're very sustainable and conscious and forward thinking with their formulations and, and just how they run their business. And this is something that I'm so proud to support and be a customer of. My favorite products are the Hyaluronic Sea Serum. It's light. It's gorgeous. The Undaria Algae Body Oil is insane. Like it is so hydrating and lightweight and it smells incredible. Like I feel like I just have this healthy glow and it's really nice. It's not greasy or heavy. And so I think that that's a product that you'll really enjoy. I also really enjoy the Sea Minerals Mist. It's a great toning mist. And I also use it when I am finished with my makeup. I just give myself a little spritz and it's refreshing and it helps me have that kind of dewy makeup look. Um, but it's also really rich in their nutrients and the products that they use that really derive from nature. It's at its purest form, Osea is classic. It's a timeless, it's a timeless brand. So I... Wanted you to know that you can head over to oseamalibu.com and type in the code MGMethod for 10% off. I can't wait to see what your favorites are. This season, we were able to speak with a mass founder, Miss Morgan McLaughlin. The brand is so thoughtful. We are wild about the candles. They are so sexy and sophisticated, but also really understated. They have the Four Thieves, the Basilisk Breath, and the Pseudo Citrine. I particularly really gravitate towards the, you know, it's, it's this is the thing. I don't really particularly gravitate towards any of them because I like them all, and I actually did get a chance to smell them in unison with each other. So when we recorded the episode, we walked into the beautiful HQ. We saw the Calcutta marble. We saw the 
gorgeous light oak. And then they had the four thieves and the basilisk breath candles both lit and it smelled gorgeous. They had the four thieves and basilisk breath candle lit in harmony. And when I tell you that my ch- I had chills on my arms when we walked in because you just felt all the feels. If you head on over to a mass website, you can find gin and vodka drinks. You can also find non-alcohol spirits, hand sanitizer. It's just all of the elements that give you that sensory feel that come right into your home and make you feel like it is curated to the nines. We have a 10% off gifted discount code. You can input the code MGMethod and you can find all of these items at a mass Dot com. That's A-M-A-S-S dot com. So we live in this era where we start to really see the value in the ecosystem of creatives, specifically those that are behind the lens. In this conversation, we wanted to have an off-duty heart-to-heart with Miss Sabelle Levy, who's an international and celebrity photographer. She has this ability to help women and people feel grounded and certain in who they are as people, and that shows up in their expression in the work. We sit down outside of Calabasas, California, and we learn who is the woman that's helped shape the artist and photographer that we know today. She shot the likes of Haley Bieber, Kendall Jenner, Rosie Whitley Huntington, Willow and Jaden Smith, Winnie Harlow, Tyra Banks, St. John, Chris Hemsworth, and Camilla Cabello, just to name a few. We learn about where her interests are, what have been some of the challenges along her journey, and we get an insight to a perspective that is really refreshing. I think that you're going to enjoy this episode. There's so much thoughtfulness and intentionality in all that she is and all that she does, and we are so grateful to just be with her. Let's get into it. My girls, my guys, my group. This is MG Method, the podcast. What would you say that you've been curious about lately? That you're like, man, I'm kind of wild about this right now. A not so close, but like someone I care about friend. He thrives on history, he thrives in romanticism, and he brings that to present day. So, you know, he was in France over the summer and he mailed me a postcard with a letter, right? And so (laughs) receiving that was something, it made me realize what do I want? And it made me realize the beauty of this, whatever inspired him to do this. And so, I've been like navigating history a little bit, poetry and romanticism, but pure, genuine, like whole romantics. And that's led me to discover a lot like architecturally in history, the beauty of architecture and also the way nature has shaped mountains and groves and discovering basically like artifacts and languages that are undiscussed and I kind of like once in a while will go on this tangent where I don't know I'm like give me all the knowledge we only know 
what we know and that's like no percent of what we can and like can I add a little bit more to like my life resume of information like if I have like an extra piece of knowledge I could drop at a table at a dinner conversation I'm down <laughs> but recently I would just say history of architecture and history of um, culture and the way we've we've adapted our behaviors person to person and communication so from letters to from walking to the next village just to say one thing to someone to where we're at now um, has definitely sparked my interest and you're the first person I'm saying that to because I kind of just do that on my own time. Me and not feeling worthy is what is the root of that because I don't feel that like I'm worthy of occupying that space in someone's heart and mind by like telling them how I feel. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny because you feel like, I don't know which one comes first. Mm -hmm. Is it that someone's worthy, they yeah. feel worthy and they recognize yeah. it so they feel okay asking for their needs or is asking for our needs what helps us feel worthy? Wow. Yes. I think, I think it requires a balance mm. and I am working on creating that balance. Do you feel like you have that balance? I think some of it is influenced by history. So for me, I grew up in, in a family where we didn't necessarily hear that ask. You know, my mother is like, she moved here from another country and I think that, she, that part of the programming was women especially, you know, you not asking was a sign that you were um, mm. gifting and so selfless in this way. Mm. I feel safe in ask. Wow. Because I do feel that if I ask, then if I, I want it on the table. I want to. I want to ask. It means though that at the same time, sometimes that ask will not be met. But I feel that time is so precious. So if the ask can't be met, I'd rather know early. It's you, there, you know. Like I feel like sometimes it's. It, go ahead. Yeah, you were gonna say no. something. No, you're gonna say something. Do you Come feel on. that? This is, I'm asking because this is how I feel. Do you feel that the nature of the ask itself, that in the moment just shut them down? My dad always used to say this like one line and he would always say, people have to be ready to receive information, including you. And so there's so many things that affect us being able to show up for people and them being able to show up for us. Sometimes it could be the tone. I've, I'm really trying to play with tone. And I'm so curious, we're curious how you bring that into your work. Because just the tone of something, yeah. like for me especially, and I know, you know, some of that is cultural too. And yeah. some of it is direct. And I feel a comfort in you speaking to me very directly. But I know sometimes in even romantic relationships that has not been received well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have to play with, you know, a curiosity, a curiosity that's necessary of you trying to explore the way in which you express and the way in which it's received. Mm -hmm.
And so knowing that whatever we feel, our intention, it might not be received in that way. Yeah. How do you bring tone into, because you know, when we see your work, your expression, you, you know, this is you in these moments and these like magical moments that you've captured, you're translating uh, a tone. How do you feel through that in your life? And then how do you bring that into your work? I can bring it through to my work because when I'm on set, like I'm all in, all in. Like I don't bring none of my other things on set with me. And I'm only able to do that because of all the quiet time that I give myself. My me time is a preventative measure that I take to avoid any risk of changing the energy on set because of something that's going on in my personal life. And I'm glad I didn't learn that or like introduce this to my life through trial and error. It's just, I didn't ever want to experience that in the first place. So I kind of asked myself, what does that mean then to be on set fully and wholly with your subject and get them to be there most raw self with you it means that my slate's empty so that my environment and aura is not affecting who they are and they could just come out with it because my career is one of the most beautiful inspiring important things in my life time with myself and me time is my utmost priority and i don't always have an audience for that in friendship or in family but I've learned to be okay with it. Context and capacity. Context and capacity. So I compartmentalize. There are certain relationships, you know, if it's a stranger, a friend, I'm working, I, I can lean into that. If it's romantic, maybe not so much, you know? I've done that, I've stayed in places that it was time for me to leave much earlier. <laughs> you know, and, and people will kind of see that and say you hope for that and you're wishing for something, wishful thinking that doesn't belong in that space because it's detrimental to them as well. Cause you're wanting, cause that's when I say, that's when capacity comes in. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes it's beyond the capacity of that thing. Yeah. And so you're asking something of it that doesn't belong to it. And so this is where I say, you know, can we bring a, a challenge network in? I keep using this challenge network. Like what's your challenge? Who's in your challenge network? Which is this concept of people close to you that you love and trust with purest intention that can challenge what you do, what you think and what you feel. So sometimes I'll have, like I have a girlfriend, Veronica, where I'll be in a relationship and she's like, you gotta let that go, Max. You're holding on to it, it doesn't, that's not for you, you know? Because she sees my pain and wanting yeah. it to be something different. Yeah. Who's a part of your challenge network? Who do you go to that you know that can, that can say, that's wishful thinking, you know, or you've reached capacity there and maybe let that go? My mom, 100%. And one friend. One friend who I made 
two years ago and it's beautiful because it's like always progressing and it's without expectation and it's without you know establishing what this is um but also because he's a guy my heart starts fighting with what is this friendship so it's like sensitive and um I love that I've had people come in and out of my challenge network. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ooh. A part of me makes me think that I'm like stepping up for myself that much quicker if I keep growing beyond Ugh. that challenger and that challenger and that challenger. See, this is why I like, oh, this is why I like fight myself on how come I got so close with this person and they're out of my life again? But then I think about what I'm telling you right now and it's like, maybe don't take it that personally and view it from you know, a stronger, more beautiful place, which is they provided you so much and is this space now providing the next challenger to come your way? You're blowing my mind with this because I'm just like yeah, I, no, I don't know. You're blowing my mind because you know I didn't actually even in this concept of the challenge network I didn't actually even think about the flexibility and fluidity of a challenge network and in the fact that that is going to constantly right as mm-hmm. as you step into growth as mm-hmm. you step into a more evolved state clearly even the challenge network has to as well yeah. you know it's it this is you have now you have now made me evaluate reevaluate what necessarily it you know in the challenge network because it requires that you as you have new challenges new and different and and evolved in certain ways so will the network mm-hmm. the network must as well the network must if you're going to change then the network must as well that's a really nice way to to view life that way You know, many people don't work in a freelance capacity as you do when you go onto a set. You're in a new environment, you're with new talent. What are strategies that you've used to stay comfortable in like very foreign territory often? You know, people are like, how do you even navigate? You know, I need to know what's happening. I need to go to the same desk and I need to know that I'm going to be sitting here and you need to, you know, how do you start to kind of know that when you, do you feel comfortable in the unknown? Is it, is it, would you say it's more uncomfortable for you to be in things that feel um, monotonous or do you feel more comfortable when it's, you know, this is new territory and that's like your zone? So... I've actually changed like completely in that regards. It's the fear thing. So foreign terror used to make me really uncomfortable because who's to say how I would feel or react or behave or how I would or would not be inspired if I didn't know what is already laid out for me. And that came from a place of a lack of trust in myself and execution to now where I will say this, I'm not fully out of a state of fear, of course. Like, I'm something I'm always working on and 
especially with my heart. It's something I'm working on. But on the work front, I've found some of my most successful works shining through the spontaneity of set. And so because those are that's kind of like proof that I can succeed in like newness and radical behavior or like you know too much energy or the lack of and I could still bring x y and z to the table it kind of just like instilled this thing in me where now I'm just like let's go now I look for it I look for it because I'm playing like you Mm -hmm. said you use the word play but I look for it because I'm playing with life right now like I'm I'm playing with my tolerance level I'm playing with because I'm more open as well and trying to be, one of the practices I've instilled in enhancing my life openness is putting myself in like more and more uncomfortable positions and also asking less questions so that I know less, so that I'm challenged. So it's like I'm maneuvering like in little ways to bring a spontaneity in me a little bit which I think over the years I've I've lost and it's if I'm looking back at like who I was in college for example granted there's a lot of growth from college till now but one thing that I I'm trying to bring back is like I was such a spontaneous girl like I was in college yeah so spontaneous not careless not Mm. not a mess together but spontaneous down trusting it's okay like i'm safe it'll work out i'm supported i had all that and somewhere along the lines like i through my last relationship it kind of got pulled out of me because that part of me wasn't supported or applauded and like over the years I've just lost this part of me and so now I'm trying to bring that back bring back the openness bring back the empowerment bring back the spontaneity and how do you think that you do I'm wearing color now okay yeah like what are what are tools that help Mm -hmm. you like do that yeah I I wear color and before you didn't black black all the time black gray boots all the time now I even like show my toes and sandals <laughs> no but She's, like little yes. little things yeah um, these little moments of like freedom in mm-hmm. in, in your body your physicality mm-hmm. your color yeah my hair mm. it I used to hide behind it when it was like long locks and over time it's so funny but my hair <laughs> transformation is definitely like correlated to Um, how open and confident I'm starting to feel and this is the shortest I've ever gone and it's also I also feel the strongest I ever have in my life I feel like you can look at me you know (laughs) what when would you say in what environment do you notice that you feel most sexy (laughs) um in what environment and what and what does that even mean to you because what does that mean yeah what does that talk about what it you know to you because we 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 look at you know as bystanders like look at your work and go ooh, 
Yeah. Ooh, it's visceral, you know? Mm. It's visceral, elusive, it's uh, thoughtful. So what is sexy to you, I guess, first? Oh my gosh. Well, the first thing that came to my mind, I guess, is, wow, I feel most sexy when I can offer a tank full of love. And it makes me emotional because I want that love to be received, but that's when I feel most sexy. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Yeah, my heart and me is like a really important relationship I'm working on. And the love factor is, I think the world needs a lot more of it. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to help so many friends and families and strangers by just giving them love. Mm -hmm. And um, they'll say it to me too. And I just, it's the best feeling. And I just wanna do more of it. And I, I don't know, I feel so good when I'm doing that. And also in physicality, in sweats and a hoodie. That's your, that's your zone. Sweats and a hoodie, no makeup is my zone. You are so up close and personal with so many um, artists and, and people. And, and so you get to see humanity so close. You're so intimate with that. What has it taught you about beauty? true beauty everyone has it it either needs to be given permission to come out it needs honestly genuine like compliment and genuine notice and genuine awareness in someone to permit them to even see that that is what that is and that it exists a lot of the work that you see with my clients where it's like that raw beauty mm -hmm. is the first time they ever did something like that. So we take 15 minutes shooting and that's the images that you see, but you don't see like the four hours of us hanging out at the house before those images come to life. And then I also don't show them the images through the camera. <laughs> <laughs> because do you notice that people, what um, happens when you do that? Yeah, so, start to so or... we, we're talking and it's all like real and good. And then we're ready to shoot and we shoot. And then all those blocks come back up. Mm. Let me see, I'm scared. Oh no, what is that? Everything, everything we just broke down mm. just shoots back up again. And I very calmly, <laughs> like routinely, I'm like, You'll see them, you'll love them. Don't worry about it. That's it. I don't even engage. Why? Yeah, my my work is, it's become a business, it's become a full-time business, thank gosh, but my work is not business for me. My work is very personal. And if someone's even gonna lend their face or body to me to photograph, like I owe it to them to respect the space and their time.
are what many people would uh, consider a high achiever and um, people have a perception of success and what success means. But you have, what would you say to a person that feels like all I need to do is just get to this success and then you've been on the other side yeah. of that? You've seen it the whole way through in terms of what most people would deem as success. What would you like to share with us about it? I think success is a really interesting conversation because there's two parts to it. There is how are you keeping up with your society? Because at the end of the day, you do need to maintain some sort of presence, degree, professionality, social currency to be heard, to be seen, for the opportunities to even really be introduced to you. And so you have to play a little bit of that game. You do. But success in that regard, to even meet that and to play that game wholly, you can only do if you know yourself, your boundaries, who you are, so you don't get sucked into it, your values, don't get touched, right? Success is basically <laughs> achieving what you want in like very minute, small degrees on a daily basis. Living a balanced life while you're doing that and not forgetting really that ultimately people and family and your close friends the things that actually like warm your heart when you go to sleep mm -hmm. are very much a thriving part of your life. Because you can see my work on paper, but you don't see that for the first four years when I was traveling, I got a ton of health problems. I was highly disconnected from my family and close friends and everyone thought I was killing it and I was at the saddest point in my life. So success is just way bigger than, it's way bigger than the names and the paper and just make sure, you know, you lay your goals out and cut them down into tiny little things that you can achieve on a daily basis and make sure you're moving that direction. Make sure you're making the right decision with every decision, at least trying to. And check in with yourself and make sure you're living balanced socially with family, with time with yourself and like your other passions. Don't throw all your eggs into one basket. I also think that that's success. You know, sometimes we hear these stories of people that are like, I was in this full blown grind mode, my body shut down, yeah. I was this, this, the other. Yeah. And then they've seen it through to the other side and then they go, now I have a little bit more balance yeah. or taking more time. Is it necessary? Is it required that there is a time period in which you have that kind of grind and struggle? Mm -hmm. Or do you think that now looking back at like, do you feel that because you put that time in and you mm -hmm. got, got to that place that you've now been able to kind of have yeah. this new form of balance? Or do you think like, you know, it's possible to, to achieve the things that I would like to achieve while also maintaining? Yeah, that that's a really good point. Yeah, I think 
bigger picture mm -hmm. like we do live a very fluid life with ups and downs like emotionally in our personal lives i only think it's natural in our professional lives that it does too mm -hmm. and to not resist it i will say like i don't have one regret of how hard i did go for the first four years when like my insides were really hurt but like my career was actually blooming my connections were blooming there was momentum there mm -hmm. and like I kept going with the momentum and I feel like personally I went with the momentum a little too long mm -hmm. so that when I had to when I needed to like tone it down I actually needed to tone it down to like I needed to go MIA mm -hmm. I did stop work for six months fully so that's intense so right. I think momentum and moving and grinding is great if it's offset by a slowed down version of it, not completely needing to mm, like, remove from. I think that that's where the balance is. Did you feel like you hit that place where you needed to stop six months because it was how you did it, how you personally, Sabelle, did it, and mm -hmm. or it was just the nature of, of you know, the time? I think how. I think how I did it. Which is what? I got so excited about everything and I let my ego rise and I felt I deserved everything I was receiving mm. and that I felt that I deserved more. So let me keep going so I could get more. So like my ego totally ran me all those years that soul was totally overpowered by the power and the applause and the selfish part of me also was like ha like putting it in my community's face you know people that ever like talked me down it was like ha so my ego was running me there's success in ego because there's drive, right? And there's power and there's high motivation and nothing's gonna stop you. But there was no balance with soul there. There was passion, but it was ego driven. And I imagine it becomes a challenge because in the culture, in culture, it's really rewarded. Yeah. You know, it can be really rewarded you know, for all of the like accolades and all this. And it's nice that you took that time to recognize it and it took, you know, six months, you took six months away completely from really- it Took a little more, yeah. um, like leading up to the six month decision and then after like winding back into work. But um, I would say for about a year, I was taking care of my health, taking quiet time, doing nothing, actually, mm. not really attending weddings or parties, seeing a few friends, just honestly being at home at my parents' house with my mom's attention. And I needed that, like, recharge. Yeah. I really did. Then six months before, I would say, summer, 2019 I started getting into the groove of things again and then last year I just 
let introspection take over instead of needing to recharge. So I felt recharged and I had a full tank. And then last year, I was like, let's keep the tank full, but then let's like re rewire it a little bit. So that was last year. We're curious what some of your, you know, with a state of new tools, what are some of your audacious goals in now with the skill sets that you have as well? Career-wise? Or life. Life-wise. Yeah. So I would say career-wise and personally, I've rewired this tank to thrive with support and letting go of the reins. Surrender. Surrender, but keeping watch. <laughs> um, so this time last year, I decided that I would surrender work. So manager, I have a business background and I actually enjoy like that running my business, but I want to start working on creative and it was either let me bring on just an independent manager that can help me or it's time to be wrapped by an agency and have contracts and all that handled. But I had to like come to it on my own terms. So now I have a beautiful support system. We have the same language, my agent and I. If I want to handle things, I still handle things just as I always did. And if I don't, then I have, you know, this extra set of hands who is talented at what they do and that is their job so that I could focus on my creative. And on the personal front, on the personal front, same thing, like being supported. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm sharing a lot more than I ever did. Yes, we're grateful. Yeah. <laughs> we're so grateful. I'm sharing a lot more than I ever did. Um, I'm, less private than I've always known myself to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm growing to really like that about myself mm -hmm. because I'm doing it in, like I'm going at my own pace. And so I have friends that are here and they've always been, and they have been working with my pace and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that continues. And if it doesn't, then similar to the, challenging network mm -hmm. it's okay for there to be ins and outs and going from one to five with friends and back from five to one with friends i think it's okay so i'm practicing flexibility and and support and being okay with it and sharing yeah. This is so nice. Yeah, we were, I, I saw it. It's the light. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the topic of designing your life, we wanted to curate some of the things that we love, some of the things that we use, some of the brands and products that have similar values and vision, and have really taken the time to be intentional with how they've built tools that we can bring into our lives. On our website, we have created an MG 
my group approved products. You share with us the things that you feel really respect and were worth your investment. And so we started to bring those things together. If there's something that you're using and it has changed your life, it's changed your family's life, people that you love and care about, and you're like, Max, you know what? We're using this, we're loving it. Let us know because that's how we keep this rotation of some of the things that we're paying attention to top of mind you can head over to mgmethod.com and find some of our favorite cookware um, athleisure tech products body care products and we can't wait to support small business medium business large business that feel like they're part of our world